my wife and I, Laurie, uh, had been praying about planting a church, and uh, we wanted to um, we just we wanted to go wherever God wanted us to go, and uh, and so we began to pray over that, and we asked God to kind of you know show us where did He want us to be, and you know we we looked at places like North Carolina, uh, we looked at places like Destin, Florida. Who wouldn't want to plant a church in Destin, Florida? And uh, and so we were looking at all kinds of places, and God just kind of kept bringing us back to this area, to the River Region. And um, we had um, actually there had been a, a weekend we were passing through here to go to Birmingham to look at a, a place that we were praying about, and that we we thought maybe that's where God wanted us to plant Journey Church. And and we just we kind of drove around the area. We began to pray. Uh, we literally stopped in a cotton field not too far out Deetsville Highway, and and got out as a family and, and took hands and prayed. Um, if this is where God wants to be, He would make that clear. Me and my wife and my three boys, and uh, we just began to pray over that uh, this place and ask God, "Hey, if this is where He wants to be, then make it clear." And He did. He made it clear. We began to meet with churches. We began to meet with pastors, and uh, and I had traveled all over the country. It seemed like uh, trying to raise support to plant Journey Church and uh, to raise the support, and uh, and God just blessed that. You know, and there were people that believed in the vision, people that wanted to invest in it, believed in Laura and I, and uh, so it was exciting to see how how God brought all that together and uh and it was just like this dump truck load of confirmation that continued to be that was this millbrook prattful region of the uh, uh you know area of here in the river region that we felt like this is where god wants to be and even the name we talked about that you know the name journey church is we wanted it to be a name that could travel you know we started out here in this ymca this is where we started and um you know we we met here uh on august 15 2004 for the first service you know here in central alabama in august that's a kind of a tough time to plant a church and uh, people like air conditioning and uh, there was no air conditioning here but uh, if you go back and look it is still a record low for this area on august 15 2004 which is one of the cool things how god air conditioned the building the first sunday and uh anyway so we met here uh, we had some people that began to believe in the vision and they donated this air conditioning that you see in here even this duct work and the units outside and and uh and the ymca was so gracious to work with us and so we met here for four years we set up we took down uh week after week after week and uh man just had an incredible team of people and then the church continued to grow we kind of outgrew what was going on here and uh, we ended up buying a piece of property we bought what used to be the sarah's antique mall and uh remodeled that we met there for four years church continued to grow we didn't have parking and uh, we just, you know, we said, you know, God, what's, what's the next step? And anyway, bought nine and a half acres of land. We thought we were going to build there. And um, anyway, but uh, God had a different plan. And we had a church contact us and ask us, hey, would you be willing to uh, buy our building? We were like, we're not really interested in buying that building, but we will, we'll come look at it. So we went and looked at it. And, and um, anyway, we said, you know, it's, it's really not what we're looking for. Um, we're just going to build. And they called back two weeks later and said, hey, would you be willing to merge? And I was like, heck no. Because I didn't know what kind of problems they had. But uh, we ended up merging together as a church and uh and we voted to do that on april fool's day which is kind of crazy and two churches came together we met uh, where we currently meet now they're on sheila boulevard and, and god just blessed them we've been there like seven years now and uh, it's been incredible what god has done we've seen a lot of people come to christ and a lot of people would ask you know why are you planning a church in this area there's churches everywhere and uh, the churches all around and, and our reason for planning journey church was to uh, plant a church that would reach the unchurched the unsaved and it would go after uh, those that maybe nobody else was going after. And uh, and we didn't plan a church here to suck people out of other churches. I know a lot of times that's the mentality, but it's not ours, and it never has been. Ours has always been to reach those that are far from God and to lead them to become faithful followers of Christ in every area of their life. And so that is our mission. And uh, so that's that's why we exist as a church, and that's why we do what we do. But it's awesome uh, just being here today, looking back, and, and uh, you know, thinking back to where we started. Uh, you know, that first Sunday we had... 
Um, we had a little over 200 people here that first Sunday, uh, but most of them were friends and family from other places that came here to be our parking lot team and to be our greeters and to be our cafe team and all those things. And we had about 120 people that were from the community. And so we had to, you know, the next week all those friends and families were leaving. So we had 120 people we had to kind of connect with and teach and train and equip. And that's how everything kind of got started. So God has blessed that. And uh, we did the best we could with what we had. And God continues to bless us with more and more tools. And prayerfully, we still have that mentality. Let's do the best we can with what we have. And, uh, and so it's, it's awesome being here and uh, just uh, kind of seeing where we started, but also seeing what God has in the future. And so I, I just think about some of you who may be, you know, checking out Journey Church. Uh, you know, we're not done uh, and we're not resting on our laurels. We, we literally are looking forward to what God has in store for us and where we're going. And, you know, our goal is to reach the lost. Uh, we still want to. Uh, uh, plant new campuses. We want to start other churches. We want to help uh, support other missionaries. That's, that's our mission is to reach the lost and to make disciples and uh, equip them to go out and do the same. And so that's, that's our mission. Wow, man, it's amazing what God has done in 15 years and uh, thankful he lets me be a part of that and for many of you guys, man, y'all have been a vital part of what God has done over the last 15 years. And today we really, you know, everything about it, every song that was sung today is to honor Him and to glorify Him and, and to point towards Him. It's all about making Jesus famous, like Matt said earlier. That's, that's why we exist. That's what we, we're here for. Now, how cool was that worship today? Was that awesome or what? Wow. Man, that was good. You know, and it's so good to have uh, people who have been a part of Journey Church through the years, like you know, uh, Jay Hersberg, who was up, up here, and, and Courtney and uh, Matthew Isabel up here. Allison is back, and uh, Mary Lace was here. And then we had our, our team that, you know, that leads us in worship every Sunday, all kind of coming together. And that, that's kind of a cool moment for me. And, and just knowing their hearts and how they've invested and how they've sacrificed through the years to try to reach people with the gospel. And, uh, man, that's, that's, that's powerful. And I appreciate them being here today and making it special. And uh, you couldn't ask for any better. You couldn't ask for any better. If you guys have got your outline, kind of take it out. We'll follow, you can kind of follow along. And um, I want us to uh, focus again, like, you know, what Journey Church is about. Maybe you're one of those where you're wondering, you know, what Journey Church is about. No, this has never changed. This is from the beginning. But Journey Church exists to reach people who are disconnected from God and lead them to become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's why we exist. You know, our, we're not here just to do church, just kind of go through the motions, just so that we can busy up your Sunday. We are here. We exist as a church to reach those people who are far from God. Those who don't know Christ, who have never heard the gospel. Our, our job is to reach those who maybe have become disenchanted with church, you know. And they said, you know what, man, I was hurt at the last church. I'm done with church. And, and they want to just check out, you know, that they are far from God. And, and so we want to reach out to those people. And here's the thing, is to reach them but disciple them. And too often what we do is we, are good, we do a good job of reaching people. We don't do a great job of discipling people. And so we want to continue to work at that. And that's one of our, our goals, man, is to, is to not just reach people, but disciple people. You know, over the last few weeks, we've seen tons of people come to know Christ. When Saran Stacy was here just a few weeks ago, we had 30 to 50 professions of faith just that one night. Man, that was awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. And, and so here's the thing. They've made a decision. Now, let's disciple them. Let's equip them. Let's prepare them for the works of ministry. And, and so let's look, look at the statement here. It says, today we celebrate God's faithfulness. And he has been faithful. I mean, there's so many ways I could tell you how God has provided. And, man, he has done so many things that we, we just can't even hardly get our mind around. 
And I'll just say this, God opens doors and he closes doors. And some of those doors we want him to open, he won't open. And there's a reason. And there's doors that, you know, that, that only he can open. And that's where he wants us to go through. And, and so look at this passage. It says, and the same, this is Paul speaking. He says, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. And I, I echo what Paul has said there. You know, God will meet your needs. He is faithful. I mean, I am a, I'm a testimony of that, that he has been faithful to me, even whenever I probably wasn't as faithful as I needed to be to him. You know, there's times that I get selfish. There's times that I get angry. You know, and, but here's the thing is God is faithful. You know, and here's the thing. He's faithful to bring conviction whenever we're out of line. He's faithful to those things. And he loves us. He cares about us. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless the kingdom. He wants to bless us in ways we can't even get our mind around. And there's a statement there. It says, God always provides for his children, though often not in the way that we expected or hope. And, and I, you know, that's, that may not, be in, may not be in your notes, but that's in my notes. And so I, I wrote it down and said, God always provides for his children. He always does. Because he's a loving father. He cares for his children. Though often it is not the way we expect or hope. And there's times that we look back through the years and we realize, you know what, God provided. And God did some things, and it is not what we would have had planned. It, would, it is not what we would have had planned. I shared this in the first service. Years ago, when we first started, we were meeting there at the YMCA. You know, we had, we had a, a few people, and we were growing. And the church that used to be in this building, they were relocating. And they called and said, hey, listen, would you, uh, would you like to sit down and, and, and have breakfast? Uh, you know, we're looking at selling our building. I'm thinking... Yeah, I'll, I'll eat the breakfast, but uh, we can't afford the building. And uh, so anyway, so I met those guys, and they sat down, and they said, hey, listen, we're, we're selling our building. And, I'm, and I, I said, hey, man, I, I appreciate it, but we are nowhere near where we could afford anything like that. And I said, you know, we're a young church. And here's the thing. Keep this in mind. We reach unchurched, unsaved people. That's our goal. That's our, that's our bullseye. And they often don't know what a tithe is. They don't understand tithing. They haven't been discipled yet. And so for many of them, you know, they're, they're not on the giving side yet. And so I told this guy, I said, hey, listen, we reach a lot of unchurched, unsaved people. That's on purpose. I said, but we're not a strong giving church right now. I said, but one day we will be. I said, but we're not there now. And I said, hey, I appreciate the breakfast. It was Cracker Barrel. You know, couldn't go wrong there. And it was free. And, uh, and so anyway, they, they got the message and they moved on. Well, I never thought we would be in this facility. But God, he, he just has a crazy way of providing things. And, and so one of the things that we, when I look back, I realized that, you know what? We were there at the YMCA. We met there for four years. Set up, took down. I mean, there was just so many people that were faithful. I, we were, I was talking earlier after the first service, and there were families that have literally been here since day one. I mean, we've we've got families throughout this this uh, congregation that were here day one. I see Melinda Denmark right there was there day one. You know, uh, Teresa Long and them came up and said we came to the very first Sunday, and they've been here ever since, been serving and involved and engaged. And uh, man, it's just been incredible how God has, has blessed that. And so we have a lot of people that have been here. We have incredible military families that have come in. You know, they're here for a couple of years and then they, they move on. We just see that as our opportunity to invest in them and Uncle Sam puts them on the mission field and he puts the bill for that. So I love that. And, and so oftentimes God didn't always provide the way maybe we had hoped. And so I can remember we, when we bought that, that new building, uh, I don't know if you guys realize this, but we bought Sarah's Antique Mall and went to remodel that in 2008. Does anybody know what happened in 2008? The economy was crashing, right? Nobody wanted to give. And so the banks were wanting to shut down. Banks were not wanting to loan anybody money unless you had a lot of money. They would loan you money. Isn't that crazy? But we were, we were like, you know, and, and listen, we went and sat down with the banker at one time. And he said, well, Mike, he said, y'all's church is giving above the national average. And I'm like, and 
You were being penalized for that? And so it was one of those things we had to work through. And they were like, well, we're not sure you can sustain that. You know, now the good thing is, is our church sustained that. We, we ended up buying that building. We ended up building out that building. And we met there for four years. And, and so God blessed that. So it may not have been the way that we would have expected, but God provided. And then again, when he brought us here. And so we were looking at building, you know, and, and that year that we were looking at building, because we had outgrown where we were at there. Let me just tell you this. We were going to build a 30,000 square foot facility and it was going to cost $6 million. $6 million, how, how expensive all that is. So for everything, you know, the lock and key, everything was $6 million. And I remember thinking, Lord, how in the world are we even going to come up with a down payment on that? You know, just to, you know, to get it going. And, uh, and I remember God just saying, hey, listen, I've got it. And I was like, I'm thinking, it's your church. I hope so, because there's no way that we can do that. I don't, I, you know, and, and I was struggling. And, uh, and I got that phone call about, about this, this facility, wanting to sell it, and then us merging together and how God provided. And so it, we ended up being able to get into a 50,000-square-foot facility on 13 acres with a parking lot and everything provided. And so God did that for about what it would have been just for the down payment on the other. And so that's God math. But he, he did it in a way I would have never dreamed that. I, I wouldn't have thought that up. You know what I'm saying? So God has provided. And so oftentimes I think you're going through things. And, you know, and just hopefully this is something you can walk away with today. You think, hey, you know what? God's calling me to do something, but man, I don't know how is God going to do it. He can provide a way. He is faithful. And look at this next this passage here. I love this. It's out of First Thessalonians. It says, "Always be joyful. Always be joyful. Joyful is a choice. It's not about being happy. I think sometimes we're always wanting to get the happy thing on. Listen, it's about choosing to be joyful. 2008 was not joyful. It was a tough year. You know, that first year when we launched our church, it was not necessarily fun at times." But we chose to be joyful. And, and, and so it was a tough year. So you have to choose joyful. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. We have prayed through the years. This weekend, we had a time of prayer where you could come up and you could pray for an hour. And you were pray, the people were praying for this weekend. They were praying for our church to make a difference in this community. And, and so it was a time to come together and pray. And literally just for an hour to focus on God, on who He is, His, His faithfulness, His provision, who, who His character is. And so, man, it was powerful. So Lori and I came up Friday night from 9 to 10, and it was a very powerful moment of just letting God search our hearts and then pleading before Him for Him to literally show us what steps to take moving forward. It was powerful. But it says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. And for this, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So for you in this room who belong to Christ, that you are a child of God. It's just like Big Al said last week. Man, choose to be uh, thankful in all circumstances. Paul, who would get put in prison, you know, he would sit there and say, hey, listen, man, yeah, put me in prison. That's where the guys are that need to hear it the most. And so that choosing to be thankful. So when we've gone through tough times, and we've gone through some of those, it's been tough seasons, we've got to choose to be joyful, we've got to choose to be thankful, and then take the time to do that. And so that's what today is about. It's about saying, God, thank you for what you have provided. God, thank you for your provision, for your faithfulness. And God, we just want to celebrate who you are. And, and so whenever we, we take the time to do that, I think it's important. I asked my wife, Laurie, to come up in the first service. I'm in trouble for it already. So, Laurie, if you will come up. Uh, we talked about it last night that, we, that I asked her would she be willing to come up. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate that. And uh, anyway, she told me that uh, she didn't want to do that. So you won. I won. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. I like that. I like winning. So uh, is her mic on? Is it good? 
Check that. Hey. There yep. you go. We are now. All right. So anyway, so so we were talking about this, and I asked Lord, I said, hey, listen, I want you to just, hey, what are some things that you've seen God do to provide? Just talking about God's faithfulness. And so we talked about it. We celebrated our, our 27 years of marriage this past week. So we were out on dinner last night. Yes. So I did good. So we were at dinner last night, and I asked her, and I said, hey, would you be willing to come up on stage and share about that? And she goes, I'll pray about it. I said, okay, cool. So this morning, she sticks her head out of the bathroom. And she says, hey, listen, I think you can just say that we were talking about it this past week. And uh, she said, but I, I'm not coming up on the stage. And I was like, okay. So if y'all would pray for me after the services are done. So, uh, so anyway, what are some ways that you've seen God's faithfulness? Because you've been a huge part of everything from day one, you know, working uh, together that first year, working late into the night, getting up early in the morning. So what are some ways that you've seen God's faithfulness? Well, I'm kind of going back to what Mike was saying. I will say, if you feel God leading you to do something, um, then do it. Even though you're terrified and maybe you're scared and it's going to take a lot of sacrifice and work and you don't know how it's going to turn out, do it. Mm-hmm. Because God has been faithful. And for me, when I think back through the years, a lot of it is the people. It's you guys. It's God bringing the people that had just like our worship this morning, having Courtney and Jay and all these people through the years that, I mean, I'm not going to get up here and sing, but God brought the people that could lead. He brought the people that had those gifts of hospitality and that were amazing with kids and great teachers and opened their homes. So for me, I've seen God's faithfulness just in the people that he brought and then also the partnerships that we've had. Um, Shoal Creek was our church that went out on a limb and invested in us and just the partnerships have continued through the years i think about our new partnership now with flatline and pastor Dwayne, and how god just keeps bringing new partnerships and new opportunities mm, very good well and laurie like i said laurie you know has been an incredible part of this and a lot of times she's not seen and you see why she doesn't want to be seen she likes to be behind the scenes but she has been an incredible part of it and i appreciate your support and uh, your prayers and and just all that you have done through the years i love you thank you there you go Got it. Well, like I said, I'll pay the price for that, but uh, I just felt like it was important for Laurie to be here because she is one of those behind-the-scenes people, you know, and, and, and I love that we have so many people here who love to serve behind the scenes. We, like, you know, some of you guys are wearing a Journey shirt today that has the 15-year uh, on it, the orange one or whatever color that is, but the produ- production team has a black one, and it's almost so that they're not seen. So we have so many people that serve Literally say, I, I just want to serve behind the scenes. I don't want to be recognized. I don't want to be seen. And so that heart and that mentality, hey, I will serve, but I don't have to be up in front of everybody, is an awesome mentality. So there's a couple things I want to share with you guys that I feel like that God gave us, and I feel like that this, none of this has changed. And so here's, I'm going to walk through this as quick as I can, but God gave us a vision to pursue. You know, uh, God gave us a vision of what Journey Church would be like, uh, what it would look like, what it would feel like. And so, like Laurie was saying, there's some of you in this room that God has been nudging you. He's been pushing you. He's been pulling you. And he wants you to do something. He wants you to attempt something for the kingdom, but you're afraid. But I will say this. I believe that, you know what, God has to give you some clarity on what that is. And so for me, when God gave me the vision of Journey Church, I knew what Journey Church would be like. I knew what it would smell like. I knew what it would feel like. I just didn't know where it would be. I mean, I knew what Journey Church would be like. I just didn't know where it was going to happen. And, and so as I began to pray and pray through that, God had branded this vision on my heart that it would be a church that would reach the unchurched, the unsaved. 
and we would make disciples. And so I can remember knowing what that looked like, but God, where? And I kept going, God, where is it going to be? And, and so whenever I resigned from my position at the church where I was at, I had no idea where we were going. We didn't have the money. You know, we didn't have people. We didn't have anything. But it was one of those things where God would say, Mike, just trust me. And I'm telling you, he is, he is trustworthy. And, and he is faithful. And if God is leading, but I will say this, there has to be clear, clarity. If God has given you a clear vision, he will provide the details. And he will provide what is needed. But you have to know it's from him. And you know what? And that it honors him. And so the vision of Journey Church lines up with, with, with what God has said. Hey, listen, this is my mission. And so we, we knew that God would honor that. So before you ever step out on whatever you're doing, number one, make sure that God is all over it and that he has given you that vision. Here's the next thing. God gave us a place to impact. We knew that God wanted us to reach a, a, a people group or a place, and that place was the river region. And so when we began to drive through here, we would pray over this place. And we prayed over a lot of places, but God kept bringing us back, and it was this dump truck load of confirmation. And so this river region is what we just kept being drawn to. And, and I used to drive through here from Sanford going back to Mobile, and I remember thinking, Lord, I don't ever want to live in Montgomery. But you know what? God had a different plan than I did. He saw something different. And, and, and so God gave us a place to impact. And, and let me just say this. We don't want to just do church. And if you're here for the first day, if you're looking for a church, just kind of go do church, kind of do the check mark and kind of move on, might want to keep looking. Because that has never been our desire. We want to be a church that impacts our community, that influences our community. Too often, whenever we look around, the churches are impacted and influenced by the community or by the, by the world's views. And what we've got to be willing to say, God, we want to be a church that influences and impacts the culture around us. That's what the church has done throughout history. If you look at church history, the church impacted, it influenced, it brought about change. And so what we do a lot of times is instead of wanting to change our community, we want to complain about it. And instead of complaining about what's on the news, complaining about what's going on in our community, let's do something about it. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's literally get out there and find ways to build bridges into those rough areas and share the gospel. The gospel will change people's lives forever. And it'll change how they see you. It'll change how you see them. And so what we were given, God gave us a place to impact, not just go and do church, not kind of just kind of do the Sunday thing and that was it, but it was a place to come together, to be challenged, to be equipped, to be prepared, to go out and to make a difference. And then look at the next one. God gave us a team to serve. Laurie just touched on that. People to serve and sacrifice. It is taking great sacrifice. There were people that were here that drove up yesterday to be here this morning to help lead you guys in worship. There, there are people that come up on Thursday nights and they practice. They practice the lights and everything to make sure that, you know what, they remove all the distractions they can possibly remove so that you guys can focus and connect with a holy God who loves you and cares about you. There's people that are over there changing dirty diapers right now in Jesus' name. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're literally taking care of kids. They're, they're watching those kids. And this is what I love. There's a team of people over there that are taking your kids. They're trying to teach your children in an age-appropriate setting the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that Jesus loves them, has a plan and a purpose for their life. And so one of the things that we ask our teachers to do is whenever mom and dad drops that child off, that they just in, just in their spirit, they pray a prayer that that mom and dad will have a peace of mind to come in here to sit and hear a message that will hopefully encourage them, a truth, a biblical truth they can apply, or maybe for some of you to hear the gospel for the very first time and to put your faith in Christ. So that's, that's what that team does that. This donut team over here, man, the cafe team, they got a special spread of donuts today. 
But the thing is, is they're, they're trying to make people feel at home and comfortable. Hey, have a cup of coffee, have a donut. And it's trying to tear some barriers down. You know what they're doing? They're helping you take steps towards Christ. And so I'm just telling you, so if you're looking for a church just to go and eat donuts, that's not what we're about. We're wanting you to be a part of the team so that you can help us reach people and make and, and share the gospel with people. So it's about not just attending church, not going through the motions, but be getting on board with that vision and that mission that God has given us. So God gave us a team to serve, people that serve and sacrifice. And I'm talking about they have sacrificed much. And then the next one, God gave us a message uh, that, that redeems. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That message has never changed. That message will never change. It is always the cross of Christ. It is the power of the resurrection. It is the good news of Christ. That message will never change. And it should never change. But how we do ministry will have to change. The methodology, how we do things. There are things that we did 15 years ago that we realized about two years into the church plant that were not as effective as they were. And so our thing is, hey, we wanted the best return on our investment. And so we begin to say, hey, listen, what would bring about a greater return? What would get us in front of more people that don't know Christ? What would give us the opportunity to impact and to influence our community in the greatest way? And, when, and so our mentality is, hey, we don't want to always do it this way because that's the way we've always done it. We always say around here, man, if we've got sacred cows, we kill them and we barbecue them. And we have a barbecue. So we don't have sacred cows here. We're willing to try things and do things that maybe nobody else is doing as long as it reaches Jesus, I mean, reaches people with Jesus. And so we want you to understand that message that redeems is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's nothing more. It's not coming and sitting in the service. It's not just kind of hanging out here. It's not singing songs and work. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ is our message. We want you to be a part of that. Here's saying we believe that if your life has been changed by the gospel, you will worship in truth and in spirit. You'll desire to come together corporately as the body of Christ and to worship Him with everything that's in you. For me. Man, just some of those songs that we were singing, it's hard for me just to sit there and just let it go, you know, and let it play and not be engaged and involved in that. You know why? Because my life was wrecked by the gospel of Jesus Christ at the age of 19. I've never gotten over it. And I think sometimes we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to hear this message of redemption. I want to share this message of redemption. And God, I want to share the good news. There are many of you in this, this room that would probably say, hey, I'm a Christian. But when was the last time that you shared the gospel with someone? When was the last time you shared the hope that you have with someone? And let me just say this. That's like, having, that's like having the cure for cancer. And you've got friends and you've got family members that are dying of cancer. And you're watching them go through everything. And you've got this secret here that you won't share. You've got this cure here that you won't share. And so for every one of us in this room that claim to be a Christian... We have a responsibility to share the good news, the gospel, with those who do not know Him and those that are far from Him. And so it's not just my job, it is our job as the, as the body of Christ that we share the good news. And so this message that redeems, it's called the gospel, the good news. A couple of weeks ago, Laura and I were at a restaurant and I was talking to a gentleman. And I shared this with, this with you guys, I think, but I was talking to him and I asked him, I said, hey, listen, I said, and he told me he owned a bar. And I said, uh, I, I invited him to church. I said, man, we love people that own bars to come to the church. I mean, we love that. And... Uh, he said, well, I don't get off work until like, you know, five or six on Sunday morning. And uh, I said, I get that. And uh, he said, you know, we're shutting everything down and, you know, trying to make sure everybody gets home and you know, everybody's got, you know, a driver or whatever. And I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, I said, when would you go to a church if they offered a service? 
And he kind of looked at me like I was crazy, and I said, when would you attend a service? I said, obviously, you wouldn't be able to do that, do that on a Sunday morning. Because we're praying about, we've asked you guys, hey, what would be a great time to offer a service, you know, because we want to offer a third service. What would be the best time, most opt- opportune time to reach people that are in line with our mission? And I, so I asked him, I said, hey, listen, I said, if we did a, I said, what, what would your day be like? He said, well, well, you would sleep until a certain time. He said, you'd get up, get something to eat. He said, then... Maybe that afternoon. I said, what about like 4 o'clock? He goes, yeah, 4 o'clock might be all right. I said, so would you attend a church service? I said, if it was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon? He goes, yeah, probably so. I said, so if we put on a service at 4 o'clock, are you going to come? And, it was, you know, you could tell he was like, okay, he's reeling me in. But here's the thing is, my, my question was, for the people that are in those bars, in your bar, I said, that are drowning their sorrows and that are searching for hope, I said, and that are trying to fill this God-shaped void that they have in them with something, you know, that there's never going to fill that. I said, do you think four o'clock would be a good time for them? He said, yeah, I, I think so. And so let me just tell you, we, we may be doing a service at four o'clock, not to reach church people, but to reach who? People who've been in a bar all night. And a lot of people would say, well, you know, Mike, I don't know if that's what you ought to be doing with the church. I think that's what the church is about. That we ought to be reaching those that are far from him. Those that don't know him. Those that are searching for anything to fill this God-shaped void. And they keep trying these things that only lead to addictions and frustration and broken hearts. And so we ought to have that mentality say, you know what? God, show us how to go after them. Not to complain about them. Not to run them down. But let's hey, God, show us how to love them and serve them. And so that's, that is what we're about. So if you want to be a part of a church that's willing to go after those that nobody else is willing to go after, then come on. But if you just want to do church, then keep looking. I'm just saying, we, that is our mission. So we have a message that redeems. And then this last one, God gave us a mission to fulfill, the Great Commission. There's nothing any better than what Jesus has already given us. And here's the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given, been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What a promise. I mean, you talk about faithfulness. Jesus has said right there, hey guys, if you will be on board with this mission, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you want faithfulness, it's right there. It's the promise from, from God himself. And he said, hey listen, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now let's break it down just a little bit. It says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. In, in verse 19 it says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations. It means to go. We can't just sit here and do church and hope they show up. We can't just sit here and hope that everybody will come and hear about the party and want to come be a part of what we're doing. Now, here's the thing. I hope and I always pray that there will be people that will be here because we have invited them. And we've asked them to come and experience what God is doing here. And I'm just telling you, I mean, you you guys think about this. If every one of you, every person in this room, if we were to go around, if every one of you brought one person with you next week, we'd have what? We'd have to have more service because it would double in size in one Sunday. If you just brought one person. And so if there's somebody that you work with or whatever, you know, and you have the opportunity to invite them to come and be a part of what God is doing here, then in one Sunday we would double in size. We'd be looking for other ways and more creative ways to do our services. And maybe instead of just adding a third service, we'd be adding two services. You might say, well, that's kind of inconvenient. It's not about you. It's about reaching the lost, the unchurched, the unsaved. It's about the Great Commission. So Jesus says, therefore, go. So we've got to be willing to go. We've got to be willing to go into our workplaces. We've got to be willing to go into our schools. We've got to be willing to go into the marketplace. We've got to be willing to go wherever there are people that do not know him. We've got to be willing to go. And so Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, 
You know, and so that's not just here. Now, what we often say is, it's kind of like throwing a pebble in a pond or a pebble in a body of water. Where it hits, that's where Jesus wants us to impact. That's the river region. And so he has placed us here. But the ripple effect of those waves go to the ends of the earth for us. And so we want to do missions not only here. We have to start here. But we do them here in our nation. We do them here in, in, in the world that we live in. We go to foreign lands like Africa you know, and Brazil and other places. And we share the gospel. We equip people to be able to share the gospel there once we're gone. But he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we love to see baptism. When I was sitting there earlier watching that, that video and watching that, that young lady come up out of the water, man, it just gives me chills. There's something powerful about baptism. It's one of the most evangelistic things that we do. And so whenever you and I you know, have the courage to go public and let everybody know that Christ lives within us, you know, oftentimes they will ask, why did you do that? What does that mean? And we get to do what? We get to share the gospel, the good news. You know, and you might say, well, my daughter's being baptized or my son's being baptized. And they say, well, well, that's awesome. You know, how did that come about? You get to share with them the gospel, the good news. And so we should look at every baptism as a true celebration and one of our greatest opportunities to explain what it's all about. And so he says to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We'll be doing that next week. It says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. In other words, our job is to teach. And there's some of you that are sitting here, you have the gift of teaching. How are you using it for the kingdom? How are you using your abilities? Some of you know much about the Bible, but you haven't shared that with anyone. And I'm just telling you what we have been called to do. And this is not just for pastors. This is for everybody that claims that uh, Jesus Christ is Lord of their life. He has called you to teach others everything that he has taught us. He's called us to do that. That's why we, got, we need men that are mentoring men. We need women that are mentoring women. And I'm just telling you, if we, will, if we will do that, we will see not only this church grow spiritually, we will see it impact our community. And we'll see the influence of that. And so here's a couple of next steps. And I want to talk about this, a step that we took. You know, I don't know, if, if, is Brandon in here? Brandon, you anywhere in the room? We, right there, that's Brandon Wildman. We just hired Brandon Wildman. He's, this is his first day on staff. Y'all would give him a warm welcome. Brandon was hired... Brandon was hired to literally help people grow spiritually, to help us as a church to, to have a plan, to work with our, our dream team, you know, which is our guys that, that serve in all these different capacities. He also is going to be working with our, our life groups. That's where we, we believe that people have the greatest opportunity to grow spiritually. You see, I'll be praying for Brandon. But that's a step that we took as a church, say, hey, you know what, Brandon, we believe you can help us get, uh, think, grow this, this uh, ministry. But here's the thing, there's steps you need to take. And here's one that says, today I commit my life to Jesus Christ for salvation by faith. There may be some of you here today that you, you, know, you go, you know what? Man, I've never put my faith in Christ. I've never been saved. I want to know that whenever I breathe my last breath, man, that I go to heaven and I'm with Jesus. You might think, boy, I hope I do. Well, he, Jesus said, you don't have to hope. He said, I've told you things you might know that you have salvation. You know that you're saved. Too often we go, well, I hope I've done enough good things. Hope I gave enough money to the church. I hope I did this. I hope I did that. And here's the thing. Your hope is not going to get it. It's your faith in what Christ has already done on the cross. That's what get, makes us in right standing with God. And there may be some of you today that you go, well, you know what? That's my decision. That's what I need today. I want to know that when I lay my head down on my pillow at night, that if I breathe my last, I'm going to be with Jesus. Why wonder about that? Why hope whenever you can know? 
we look back at the cross and the message of the cross is that Jesus died. In a few minutes, we're going to be celebrating communion. And you know what that is? That is a proclamation of his death. The bread is broken. His body was broken for my sins, for my transgression. His blood was poured out for my sins, my mistakes, my failures, my lies. So Jesus literally went to the cross for me. And the message of the gospel is that none of us will ever be good enough. But he was. And he literally died and he bled out his precious blood so that we could have a right relationship with the Holy God. So maybe for you today is to choose to put your faith in Christ. Here's three more and we're done. It says, today I commit, I commit to pray for my community daily. I want to ask you if you would, maybe that's you. You commit to pray for your community. Rather than complain about every time you want to complain, every time you see the news, you talk, there's a shooting in Montgomery. You don't complain about how bad it is. You say, God, I'm praying that you'll raise up men and women who will share the, the gospel with people. I'm, God, I'm praying that you'll show me who I can reach out to. God, I pray that there'll be men that will begin to mentor young men. There'll be women that will mentor young women. And God, that we will see our community changed by the power of the gospel. And, and it'll change what the news reports. And so maybe that's you. You say, you know what? I commit to pray daily for this community to be different. And not, not, not anything that I do, God, but it's for your glory. But God, if you put it on my heart... Give me the courage to go do it. I've often thought about, you know, how cool is it whenever someone takes the Bible and teaches people how to read? Maybe if somebody learned how to read, maybe they would, they would hear the gospel. Maybe they would say, you know what, I don't have to live the way I'm living. I could live differently. And so maybe you just begin to pray rather than complain, you pray. And then look at the next one, the last one there. Or the, the next one, it says, today I commit to love the people of my community. It doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what part of town they live in. But you say, you know what, God, I'm going to love them. God, I want you to help me love them the way that you love them. He loved them enough to die for them. He loved them enough to let his son Jesus bleed out his precious blood. And that we, as his followers, as followers of Christ, we would say, God, give me a love for people that don't look like me, that don't act like me, that don't vote like me. God, give me a love for all people the way that you love them. Instead of choosing the ones that I love, God, help me to love all of them the way that you love them. Then look at the last one. Today I commit to be be on mission by sharing the gospel of Jesus. There's so many of you in this room, I guarantee in a few minutes when I ask you, hey, if you want to give your life to Christ, there'll be maybe prayerfully there's somebody in here that will raise their hand and say, man, that was me, Mike, I want to give my life to Christ. But there'll be more than most of the room will be Christians. So let me ask you, are you sharing the gospel? Are you telling people about Christ? Or are you just going to your job, working your hours and going home? Just going to school, you know, passing your, your test and then going home. But are you a missionary for Jesus, Are you a light in a dark world? Are you sharing the good news? I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. In just a few minutes, we'll share in communion. But the first thing that, you know, the Scripture tells us, if you're going to share in communion, is to examine your heart. Examine your heart. Just make sure your, your, your heart's right. And, and here's, here's what I would say to some of you in this room, that you've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. Communion's not for you. It's for the believer. It's, it's a proclamation of what Jesus has done. It, it's, it's, an, it's a picture of the body of Christ that we're becoming a part of that. So maybe you're here and you've never, you've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. I want to give you an opportunity. There's a prayer that I lead people through every Sunday. And it's not necessarily the prayer that changes everything. It's the surrender of your heart. It's the faith that you put in Christ. And so I want to lead you to a simple prayer. You might, you, you might be saying, hey, you might, I want to be saved. I want to know that Christ lives within me. 
And so I want to lead you through this simple prayer. It goes like this. So Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. And Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross and you died for me. And so Jesus, I want to ask you, if you will, to forgive me. And his answer is yes. And so Jesus, I want to ask you to forgive me of the sins I've committed. There have been many. He knows how many you've committed. You say, Jesus, will you forgive me? His answer is yes. And Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. You're turning from the way you've been living. You're turning to Him. And say, Jesus, I want to confess. I want to repent. And I want to receive the gift of eternal life by faith. Jesus, I I love you. And I want to fall in love with you more and more as I learn about you. But Jesus, more than anything, I know that you love me. And so right now, with all the faith that I have, I ask you to come and live within me. And I give you my life. I surrender to you as Lord. If you just prayed that prayer, I just want you to raise your hand. Say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room? Believe me, I want to celebrate it if you did. I see a hand back there. Anybody else? Just have the courage. Hey, Pastor Mike, I just prayed that prayer. I just asked Christ to come and live within me. And here's the thing. If you prayed that prayer, you prayed that prayer, you're his child. I see your hand back here. Anybody else? That's two that have raised their hands. Amen. I put my faith in Christ. Three. I see your hand right there. Thank you, brother. I mean, that's, that's what this church was planned for. I, I, all of you that raised your hand, I hope you understand. Journey Church was planted to reach you guys, to love you guys, to disciple you guys. We're so glad that God brought you here today. And more than anything, we're so glad that you're part of his kingdom now. What an awesome, awesome thing. There's, there's many in this room that are already believers. But let me just say this. We're about sharing communion. And we're not to approach this table in a, in a flippant way in any possible way. Way. We're, to, we're to search our hearts and ask God, God, reveal anything that's in me that I need to confess to you, any sin. And so maybe for the rest of us in this room, you just need to say, God, I want to ask you, if you will, to search my heart and show me anything I need to confess. And God, I want to just take a minute and confess that to you. And I want to repent. I want to quit living that way. I want to live for you. I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. I want to be a light in a dark world.